2: I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is For Hunters by Hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, And that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. Y'all, do you coon hunt and bear hunt or you just strictly bear hunt?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we coon hunt like when the bear season's out. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, probably start back in October. We do that mainly with the young dogs. we got to take one older dog with get the young Uh-huh. Yeah, and then uh, we hunt about October, November, and then the bear season starts, and then we start back over in January after the bear season's over.
2: Guys, today on the journey, Uh, we're going to go up to Madison County, Virginia, which is about a three hour drive from here where I'm at. And I want to tell you about these wonderful people that I met about two, three years ago. Um, I got a text message through messenger and Jason Wood, Woodward had texted me and asked me if I would be interested in coming up and judging their, their APH show. And you guys know that I, am a bench show. I'm a master of hounds, um, so I still stay involved with the UKC stuff. I really enjoy judging dogs. Confirmation to me is a big part of my breeding program. So I accepted the invite. Uh, me and the girls drove up and met Jason and Katie. And we they had a big they had a big showing up there for the it was the APH Plot Days right for Virginia.
1: Yes, it was the Dixie Classic.
2: Dixie Classic, yeah. So. Uh, we we judged the dogs. They had a lot of dogs. I mean, that was probably, I don't know, 20 or 30. It was quite a bit. Had a good showing for the dogs. And, um, you know, our relationships kind of carried from there. Uh, this year they invited me down to uh, Greenville, Tennessee to do the, the breed days down there. Went down there and judged. And I just got to say, before we get this started, that... I have picked two of the dogs that placed at Autumn Oaks this year. So I'm pretty proud of yeah. myself.
1: <laughs> You've done very good. <laughs>
2: yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah, I picked um I picked uh Scott's Bendy female, which I fell in love with when I saw her at your place a couple years ago. And I picked your female this year down at eight down at Breed Days. And I see yeah, that she. Go ahead.
0: Yes, yeah, she and won national grand show champion of opposite sex and for the plot breed, and then Scott's female won the overall national dual championship.
2: Yeah, so Maddie and I had went into the building when they were picking the group that Scott was in, and Maddie's like, "Dad, Dad, that's that's the dog that that you picked." And I said, "I know." And we sat there and looked at the dogs, and um, I noticed one of the dogs there. Um, Scott McBride had a dog, a black and tan female on the end that I had noticed. And I went down the line and the judge was, she had made, she had made her loop. She had picked up the trophy and, and Mad's like, what, what's she going to do? And I'm like, she's going with Scott. She's like, you think she is? And I'm like, I, I would, I said, if I was picking, like that's the dog I go with. And sure enough, she walked right over there and give it to Scott. And I mean, I was tickled for him. Um, I mean, I, you know, I give everybody, I give Pal a rough time about plots. And, but plots are what started me into hunting. That's what I got my start with. And even though I, I, I rag on him pretty hard and some of the other guys around here about their plot dogs, you know, they're, they're kind of, um, they're kind of a staple for me. I'm partial to them. I can't help it, even though I'm running a bunch of tricolored Holsteins right now. But like, there's a place in my heart for a plot dog. And man, she looked good and she deserved that win. So, kudos to them for that
1: yeah i went on the uh, hunt on that uh, thursday night um that Scott won one two plates and that be able to show that next day so i was on that hunt with him that night
2: oh awesome great yeah, well
1: we drove out drove out to shelby indiana it was three dogs in that cast and he ended up winning the cast with uh, i think it was 350 plus points
2: mm-hmm well, that's what, and he was showing me some videos up there. And like I said, that's been not this year, not last year, before last. He was showing me some videos. She was young. She was in that year, year and a half range. And like, I, I was like, man, if I could get my hands on a dog like that, I'd buy it. Um, because that's, that's what I, you know, what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, before we get, let's before we get any deeper into this, um, Jason, you and Katie, just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do. Uh, you guys are really big in the, um, the coonhound show world. Uh, I mean, Katie travels all over. You know, I, I see your faces on a lot of Facebook feeds and stuff. Um, so just tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Well, my name is Jason Woodward. i um, 45 years old, uh, born and raised in Madison, Virginia. Uh, probably started hunting hunting nothing with my dad probably i don't exa- exactly remember the year but it's probably about as soon as i could walk and he didn't have hot dogs back then he he had like black and tan so i hunted with some black and tans, and then he had a couple walkers and and uh i guess it was back in 1997 i decided i wanted to start bear hunting so then I ended up getting a female. She came from Jesse Lamb. She was half Leroy Hogs, Swampland breeding off the old Kelly dog. Mm -hmm. And her bottom side was Pocahontas breeding from Eugene Walker. And uh, I got her started on by her. She was already running rabbits when I got her, and that made her an exceptional track dog. And uh, I really liked her, and I ended up making a trip out to Leroy's in Ferdinand, Indiana, and visiting with him for a while I think that was in 1999 And I bought two pups from him And that was pretty much my
2: start And you know, bear wasn't there. They weren't plentiful here In those years that you started
1: No, there wasn't, no uh, We didn't have near the bear then Not like we have now
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But uh, They was two really good dogs That I got from Leroy And uh, they was kind of they was litter mates but they really wasn't much alike the male he was real slow starting i called him tiger and um i'd say he was probably a little bit over a year old year and four or five months probably before he started and the lily female she was a real quick starter but she didn't have the nose that the male had and uh but it seemed like once I got Tiger started, like the first time that he went was actually on a bay fire. And it seemed like from then on, you could just take him and turn him loose, and he knew what to do. And that that kind of sold me on him, and I, I raised a few pups here and there. And then in 2005, I bought a mail from Jerry Gosnell, Rag Mountain Gray Boy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I asked that into my lines, and I, I, I really like what I got from that.
2: And is that, so, uh, is that your line still today?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got that still today. Uh, it's on back in there pretty good, but it's it's there. Uh, I made a really good cross on gray boy to a daughter of my tiger male, and uh, that, that clicked really good. Six months old, they would run and tree their own back. Oh, wow. But far as I know, there's only one living dog from that litter today. And I got that
2: there at the house. Mm. Well, and Katie, what about you? Tell us your story.
0: So I started coon hunting with my dad. Um, We hunted red bone. And I had never went bear hunting um, before until I met Jason around 2012. Um, But before that, I got my first red bone show dog around 2007, I'd say. And she was just a local level show dog. And I ended up getting something a little better around probably, I don't know, 2009. And then we raised a litter of pups off of her and got some more national level dogs. And then I kind of just lost interest in the red bones and showing. in and i started bear hunting more and then we got the nikita dog in 2016 and that's when i really wanted to like be more involved with the plots Mm -hmm. that that started my love for the plots and she was from dan and jonah place
2: are they out of
0: they're out of wisconsin okay so he had jason had went hunting with them um couple times and they sent one of their puppies down here and fell in love with her and that's actually how i got started in showing the plot we showed and bear hunted her
2: yeah, okay and i for some reason it seems like i've either seen that dog or maybe i've just heard you guys talk about it
0: yeah her first big win was she won overall champion female at grand american and we I mean, she she was, at the time, one of our best bear dogs. Still is one of our best bear dogs. Um, and we just got really lucky with her.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, having a dog that actually does, does what it's supposed to in the woods and can win on a bench is like, um, it's like the perfect storm for me. Like, that's I something. Agree. Yeah, like that. That's what we should all strive for. I mean, I know that that may cause hard feelings or whatever, but you know, I I, I like the concept of, yep, it performs in the woods and it also looks good. That's something I want to breed to, or that's something that I want something out of that can perform in both.
0: I agree, and uh, I mean, the hunting increase with your, Josh hurt her now. Um, but she did really, really well before she got injured in the woods.
2: What, what happened to her?
0: Um, so we were hunting, and uh, the bear came down the tree, and, of course, they got into a tussle, and it punctured her lungs mm. and broke a couple ribs. Like, we didn't know if we'd get her out of the woods. We ended up having to carry her out. Rushing her to the emergency bed. And she was out for probably two months. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she came back, but she, you can tell where she's, like, it affected her gait a little bit. And she has kind of a hole on her side. Even though it's healed, you can still see the hole.
2: Well, because the ribs never form back. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. I've. Okay. I've
1: I can I always, most of the time, try to brand my fire dogs on their hip. Mm-hmm. Like, if I put a JW on it. And she'll go to these bench shows and confirmation shows, and people will say, What is that on that dog's hip? I don't know how many times I've had to explain that to people, what that actually is.
2: The freeze brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if i keep a dog if he's gonna if he's gonna it's gonna stay at my place then i i put an h in their ear um and i of course i don't show like you guys so it doesn't affect mine but i feel like they're gonna have to cut their whole ear off to get away with that one so (laughs) but
1: but what's what's funny about it is the bench show people i don't know i don't know if if, if it's the correct word to say but they don't really recognize that as being something it needs to be but it seems funny that the confirmation side really respects that.
2: The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with One TDC. this dual-action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, Skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on the journey. Mm-hmm. Well, they know that dog holds value.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and like and like we said all along, we don't brand dogs, you know, just to be branding them. They've got to earn the brand. If they got a brand, they're staying.
2: Yep, that's exactly right. I've got uh, I've cut three in my kennel right now that uh, when I branded the last time, I didn't brand them because I wasn't sure. Well, I just didn't know. I'm like you know, and a lot of people they don't want to buy a dog off of you and it have a big H plastered on its ear. So but I've got three, um, two of them's earned or keep. So two of them will get branded after season goes out and we'll, we'll move forward. So you guys tell us a little bit, y'all are heavily involved in the, the, the APA. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about what your, um, your place is, what you do, what you guys are, what your future plans are.
1: Well, I have been attending the American Plot Association Breed Days event since 1998 and so far have not missed a year on it. So that's kind of what I plan my vacation around. I mean, if that's what you want to call it, but, um, I just mainly volunteer, just do what I can do to help them out, um. My wife, Katie, she's the vice president. She can tell you more about that part. But uh, I guess it's been about six years ago now. Our club, our local coon club, was just kind of sitting vacant and what nobody really doing anything with it. And Katie's dad, Rob Jenkins, he was the president at the time. And I spoke with him. I said, how about if I can get David Williams, which he's the president of APA, on board with doing a Dixie Classic event at our club to start things back up for us. Would you all be interested in doing that? And he said, yeah, if you can get that done. So that was actually a big kickstart back off for the Orange County Coon Hunters Association when we held that first Dixie Classic six years ago. And uh, so David got on board with it. He made things happen. I mean, we got the wheels turning, and we actually held the event within a month of when I first contacted him about it. And we held all the Barabayans there at our club and field trial, of course, the water race and bench shows. And now we've added a confirmation show there. And I think they're talking about doing a confirmation show also down at Breed Days this year, too, along with the bench show.
2: Nice. So, uh,
1: yeah, so I've, I've been in, I guess you'd say, involved since 1998. a I, I volunteer working. I can hold an office since Katie's in as an officer. Mm-hmm be a conflict of interest or whatever but i just volunteer what i can I'm, i really like the apa and support them all that I, all that i can and it's a really good organization it's uh, for the big game hunters i'm a member of the national Plothound hound association too and i uh, support both of them but to me it just kind of seems like the npha is a little bit more towards the coon hunting side And I think that's where the APA comes in as being like the big game hunter side.
2: You like to be outside like I do, hunting, fishing, hiking. If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user for years. It's the one app that I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, bedding areas, feeding areas, and the list goes on. In my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. Last year, while hiking Yellowstone, I used OnX to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on OnX. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. OnX has so many great features and tools You can literally use it in your everyday life. It is, by far, the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to OnX, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with OnX and know where you stand.
1: But yeah, I've been there since they held the that event the first one i went to was located in rock hill south carolina
2: yep <laughs>
1: yeah and then they it got so big there where they was parking out on the highway and they had to move it then we went to uh, i think it was gaffney over that way
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yep. and they have held it there for quite a few years and then it got really big for there too so then we found uh greenville tennessee down there and that seems like it's worked out pretty good got the motels on grounds and it's just real handy place big big spot you can kind of spread out and it's a big family reunion every year is what it is. I mean it's it's a plot reunion where you, and you don't have to have a plot to be there just any big game hunt yeah and that's what's good about it. Any big game hound can compete it don't matter whether it's a plot or red bone red tick, black and tan walker, or whatever
2: actually when i was standing in there at the shelter to do the show this year <clears throat> i seen some blue dogs coming up to the to the tree where they were doing the i guess it was the dash race or whatever um they had come in there and was tr- they was at the tree right behind where we were standing so it was a pile of people there and a pile of dogs that's for sure
1: yeah it was it, it seems to grow every year too
2: yeah yeah, I mean, I, it's been a couple – I'd went a uh, year before last, I guess I went and um, went down there and peeled around a little bit. And then last year I had to work, couldn't get off to go. And then this year you guys invited me down, so I come down and, and went. But, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy – like you said, I enjoy seeing people that I don't see all the time and, um, you know, talking and, and meeting people. I mean, that's my probably my favorite part of it so
1: yeah and actually uh katie and i's wedding was planned around the breed days oh really yeah so. yeah this was the third weekend in march and uh that's why i told her we would plan our wedding around that and that would be our getaway every year for our anniversary so our <laughs> wedding was planned around breed days.
2: <laughs> well you better be glad she enjoys it that's for sure
0: i tell him don't tell that story to anybody he sounds like a cheapskate
2: (laughs) (laughs) so so katie how did you tell us your how did you get involved with with them and how did you become the vice president and and what are some things that you guys are um looking forward to in the future and stuff like that
0: so i actually didn't go to my first breed days until um, we got married the weekend before, and then we went to Gatlinburg, and then we went to Breed Day. So that was my first Breed Days in 2012. I mean, yeah, 2012, and, um, or 2017. Yeah, 2017. I don't even know what year we got married. <laughs> um, and I just enjoyed it. It reminded me of the Plot Hound, Autumn Oaks. but like you said there are so many different breeds that participate now it's not just plots and um just the commodity and then i started volunteering and getting involved and i ran for vice president so i've been the vice president for the 2022-2023 period um i'm not running this year but i am running as a board of director um we have breed days as a UKC licensed event now. And we have the non-licensed events. And then we have a Dixie Classic. And then we take our store to the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Convention and the Tennessee Bear Hunters Convention. And then we also have the Hog Bay at Hickory Crossing still. And that normally happens in late April in Georgia.
2: And do do you go to all of those events?
0: I do not. We just make it to the Breed Days and the Dixie Classic. I'd love to go to the Hog Bay at Hickory Crossing because I've heard that's a lot of fun, um, but we haven't made it down there.
2: Right. So, what? How will your role change if you go? If you get elected to the board, how will it change from vice president to the board?
0: It really won't change too much. Um, I did keep the trailer and we sell clothing items and memberships all year round. Like I never imagined how busy it would be, but that trailer stays busy with selling items. So I've pretty much kept that as vice president. Um, so that's probably the only thing that'll change. Well, but we have about 600 members right now. And the most members come from Wisconsin and North Carolina. Really? Yeah.
2: I would think that West Virginia would have been in there.
0: I know. Tennessee? And Tennessee is a close third, but West Virginia actually has less members than Virginia.
2: Oh wow. That's I know. surprising.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. But this year, um, for twenty twenty two Breed Days. We did a new thing called the best of the best bay off. So it's actually a cash prize involved now. Um, they take the first place bay winners and put them up and they do a bay off and they have three different judges and whoever wins that gets a cash prize now. So that's another incentive for the bear hunters.
2: Oh, wow. Well, and that it does, uh, it can be any breed,
0: right? Right. It can be any breed um and it's also another incentive to keep it happens that's the last thing that happens on saturday now i got you and i believe i believe the cash price was five hundred dollars
2: wow well that's yeah that's a good incentive
0: yes um the lodging is available for breed days. it's a first-come first-served basis and we normally take reservations or reservation request, because it's a limited basis, New Year's Eve of each year via Facebook.
2: What page is that on?
0: It's on the American Plot Association Incorporated Facebook.
2: I got you. Well, and I was going to say, um, you know, I know just the several times that I've been around you guys up at your your club and, of course, down in Tennessee, you guys are extremely busy. Like y'all are heavily involved in everything that's going on. I mean, you were running back and forth doing this and doing that. You know, Jason sat there with me and helped take entries for the bench show. Um like does it take does that take the fun away from you guys? Because y'all were like I mean, y'all were like the hub.
0: I think it doesn't really take the fun away cuz we enjoy it, but I think it takes the being able to sit down and like actually interact with people. Cause I feel like when we interact and have a conversation with people cause we're study moving.
2: <laughs> right. And I mean, I know like at Autumn Oaks, you know, y'all come by, but it was late in the evening everybody had pretty much cleared out. And I mean, there may have been some stragglers through there with you guys, but it was pretty much you guys and, maybe one or two others so y'all you know y'all had probably been been at it all day there too
0: yeah that's the hard thing with autumn oaks because the vendors close at six and by the time you get out from the show building at two or three and take care of your animals and then you finally get to go look around it's like everybody's shutting down
2: (laughs) yeah so how was the autumn oaks experience this year i know like i said i know your little female won the national like what else did you have going on what were you guys doing did you have any other dogs there
0: we took six dogs this year um we had two of our young males there and jason actually won best to breed in the open class with one of those she's he's actually off of donner um scott and connie hogan's male dog and then our nikita female Mm -hmm. um literally raised in 2021 and then um, I showed Batman he didn't win but he lost to his half brother so that was still a win for the kind of our little group and then um, Carrie she ended up winning National Grand Plot Hound so that was really exciting that was something I hadn't won before her sister won it last year she won opposite sex but she didn't When you know the whole plot house thing but carrie won the whole thing for the plots and that was super exciting
2: yeah i I liked her when i seen her in tennessee and i think um hunter was showing her um yeah yeah i i think hunter was showing her and i mean i really liked her um like you know she she was the nicest dog there and if i remember right like you had you were showing you and hunter both were showing the brothers right or was yeah. he? Or was Hunter showing a brother for somebody else?
0: Yeah. So I showed Batman, and then Hunter showed Tim, which is a littermate brother to Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think you were in between them both. You were like, they're so similar. <laughs> they
2: were. I mean, you, I could. I knew as soon as y'all put them up, I said, "There's littermates." Mm-hmm. Like I knew. Like yeah. I knew immediately that they were kin. Like there was no doubt about it. Yeah.
0: You could have went either way. they Yes. So super so nice.
2: Yes. Yes, they were. So. Yeah so let's talk a little hunting unless there's something else that you guys want to talk about as far as the apa um anything like that that you want to touch on before we move on i
1: think we pretty much covered it all pretty good
2: I am disappointed. You guys from West Virginia got to get involved, man. I thought you guys would be leading the race on those memberships. Like, um,
1: yeah, I, I thought it would be a huge membership from West Virginia. West Virginia. When we got to looking at it, I I couldn't believe it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of like, I mean that's like plot country. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, you, you know, the Walkers have been up there forever, and um. In fact, the last plot I had uh, was my buddy give him to me a puppy, give me a puppy, and I kept him till he was about 14, 15 months old. And I ended up, I, I give him back. I'm like, listen, he's just not going to suit me. But he was out of a. Uh, his mother, the pup's mother, was the Redwood bred, and the female went back to uh, Eugene stuff, and I don't remember which one. So. I had that nice-looking dog, too. Really nice-looking dog. Had a good blocky head on him. You know, good-hanging ear. Eyes were, you know, a lot of plot eyes have those. Um, I don't know what you look. The the brown that looks like the ghost. <laughs> the ghost yeah. eyes is what I call them. Um, he, had a, he had a real good dark eye. I mean, he, he's a brintled-up dog. Looked good. But, yeah, he just, I, I couldn't get him to do nothing. Like, he, maybe if I'd have kept him a little longer, but. he he, i couldn't even do it but the last dog i had went back to some of their stuff so right so hunting so let's talk about the hunting you guys you guys actually bear hunt and i am so like i am like it i'm i'm over the moon that you guys are hunting your show dogs like that i mean that's phenomenal and you you guys are actually y'all coon hunt your young dogs So you're kind of doing everything with these dogs, correct?
1: Yeah, we spent a lot of time. People would not realize how much time we spent with these hounds every evening. I mean, uh, conditioning them, uh, like you said, hunting them. And with the shows, you got to keep the nails trimmed pretty short. That can be a task with the plot Mm hmm So, uh, yeah, and then before the shows, she has to bathe them all and it's it's a lot to it. Like like I said, we uh, we do some coon hunting. We start around well when coon season comes in in Virginia in October, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll hunt our young dogs in that just to get them running a track and tree and some. Yep. And then we'll put them over on bear like in, in our kill season that starts in December, and then after the bear season goes out around the second week of January, probably after Grand American, we'll start back coon hunting until it goes out in March.
2: Right, so well, I guess I'm going to back up because that just kind of provoked a question for me. So, what all shows do you guys go to? So, you just hit Grand America. Well, you know, we know you went. To, we, you go to Autumn Oaks. I know you were at Breed Days. Is there? You I'm assuming you guys are qualified for the World.
1: Yes, she is. She does have a dog qualified for the World. She'll probably end up going out there. We go. What's that one in Batesville, Mississippi? The Winter Classic. We mm-hmm. go to that one. Uh, we go to several state shows, and we do some local shows just to try to help the local clubs out, too, because a lot of people overlook that. They'll run to the big ones, which that's all fine and good. Mm-hmm. But without these smaller ones, the big ones wouldn't be a success. Yeah. So I think I think it's an important point for people to uh, go to and support their local coon clubs.
2: Yeah, um, I know that... Um... Of course, you know i i haven't coon hunt i haven't competition coon hunted since two thousand and four. That's when I stopped. And of course, my i, I started in the law enforcement world in o three, and I just couldn't do it working nights and doing everything else. So I kind of had to, you know, life had adjusted me a little bit. But I know that the clubs here that I used to hunt, um, one of them's just non existent anymore. The membership dropped and. You know, there's there's nobody here doing it. The guys that were running it, you know, they've gotten up in age and <clears throat> they can't, you know, they can't maintain it anymore. So it's kind of sad to see that. But <clears throat> I went to I went to another club here a while back and um, judged the show for them, and I was I was kind of disappointed that they only had seven dogs showing. And then i done another club uh, a year ago, and they only had two dogs showing. So, Jason, what you're saying is right. You know, if if you don't support the, the little guys, then they're just going to fade away, and then we're not going to have any of it.
1: Exactly. Yep. Our club is very fortunate. Uh, we have, I think it's around 25 members right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's steady growing. Uh, we steady signing up different members that comes there and like what we're doing. We try to have something for everybody. We try to put on bear bays for the big game hunters. We try to put on bench shows, confirmation shows, night hunts, uh, water race, and field trial. We try to do it all. And uh, need we uh try to get the kids involved we do kids bench shows and stuff like that too and we're talking about maybe doing the kids day down at the clubhouse where we we got that real nice pond there and they like to fish so we're talking about maybe doing something with that for a youth day we need to get the youth involved as well too
2: yes that's a that's in any any sport or a, a field hunting i don't care what what species what game whatever but yes we we have to um you know our i don't know if you've heard us talk about it or not but the group that i hunt with is a very small group there's like six or seven of us core guys and other than one or two of us everybody's got kids and i mean everybody goes i mean on saturdays on saturdays everybody it's, it's family day basically it's family day and then you know when they're out for for christmas that two weeks are out for christmas they're pretty much with us the whole two weeks hunting and i mean that's what it's about for me is you know i love the outdoors and then makes it even better that i get to spend the outdoors with my family so
1: exactly yeah so this coming year 2024 uh We're going to, our local coon club there in Orange is going to host the uh, Virginia State Youth Championship. Nice. So we are going to try to make that as big and as good as possible for the youth. We're going to be going around looking for some donations for some nice prizes and stuff like that. So if anybody listening could help us with that, that would be excellent. you want to call and donate something or whatever, and we'd be grateful for
2: it. And when is it going to be?
1: Um I, it's gonna be in I think it's April. She's looking up the exact date right now, but it's gonna be in April of next
2: year. Okay, the spring. Now yeah. Was that not when I was up there doing your um y'all's the the Dixie Classic? Was it not in April or May?
1: Yes, that that was April. We usually have our Dixie Classic the first weekend in April. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Virginia State Youth will be the second weekend, so it'll be back-to-back weekends of events there at the clubhouse.
2: Nice, very nice. Yep. <clears throat> so while she's looking that up, let's go back to the dogs. So when you you know I I firm believe in what you're doing. Um, you know I used to, to coon hunt my dogs to get them started, and then I'd switch them over to bear. I don't have a dog at tree of coon anymore. Um, I I just I don't I don't have. You know, I used to have a coon dog with me all the time, and now I don't have that. So is that something that you guys have a, a specific dog that you use to, to get those pups started? Or do you just take your bear dogs who you've started on coon and they'll still do it?
1: It's mainly that Nikita female. Mm-hmm. She, she treated her first coon at six months old by herself. And from then on, she's been treeing coons, but then I put her right on bear, and she, she really loves that. But she is, I'd say she is the only dog that I have there at the house that I can go out and I can catch a coon with, and then I can go out the next day, and she'll, she'll trail me eight to 10-hour old bear tracking and jump it. So, um, she's just an all-around good dog.
2: Those are hard to come by nowadays, that's yeah. for sure.
1: And and she listens just like a kid i can turn her loose from her kennel she knows it's hunting time she'll go empty out and then she'll jump up on the truck when i when the hunt's over i can take her back to the house drop my tailgate she goes right back to her kennel yeah i mean just a pleasure to hunt and own and to be around
2: so how many dogs are y'all running right now if you don't mind me asking
1: I'm running five dogs on buyer right now, and then I have several young dogs that I want to start this fall on coon with Nikita. hmm So I got five in the buyer pack right now.
2: And how many? How many dogs are you showing?
1: She has six total that she shows. She uh-huh. don't show them all every time. She kind of picks and chooses where she wants to show what at.
2: Uh-huh. So you you're you're basically running a, a you got about twelve dogs, fourteen dogs kennel.
1: We yeah. have 14 dogs.
2: That's yep. exactly where I'm sitting, and I'm sitting in a pile of young dogs that I'm trying to sort through. I know that. <clears throat> that <laughs> I've got way too many young dogs, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and people don't realize, too, it's a lot of upkeep to a hound. I mean, you got to keep it wormed out every month. you got flea and tick preventative to put on it every month. you got to feed it a really nice dog food and clean up from it and take care of it. It's It's a lot to do.
2: Well, they they pick on me at work, Jason. When I when I leave work, I, I tell everybody I said I'm going home to do the chores, and they're like, "Chores? You got you got you live on a farm?" I'm like, "I live on a dog farm." I mean, time I come in and, and I've got it down to pretty much. I'm sure you guys do too. I've got it down to a science. You know, I come in and I feed, and a, after I get everybody fed, I go through and I clean up the pens, and then after I get the pens clean, I do the water, and it's about a forty-five minute. Job, rain, yep. snow, sleet, shine. If whether I'm sick, I don't feel good. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at with what I do. And it, yep. like I said, it's a it's a forty five minute to do it and do it right. Now I can shortcut if it's raining. A lot of times when it's raining and I don't have I don't have a roof over my kennels. That's that's a huge problem for me that I'm trying. I'm going to try to work on this fall. Um, I've got my two police dogs have the um the the roofs that come with the kennel like the but if you guys have them you know the snow weighs them down or the rain will the rain will what uh, weight them down and stuff so they're not they're not a end all fix all they're they do okay but um yeah. and i keep sun shades up of course i have shade too but i keep sun shades up in the summertime and everything like that but if it's raining a lot of times i'll 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 skip cleaning and i'll do it the next day or if it's not raining too bad i just throw my rain jacket on and go do it but yeah i mean it's it is it's a chore
1: yeah ours is kenneled out in a wooded holler i mean it's a, a beautiful place to put dogs you got perfect shade tree with all the poplar trees all around and then we laid down a bit of rock dust we put wire under that in case you have a digger we can't dig out but like you said, we don't have roofs over our kennels either, and that's something we're probably need to look into doing because it keeps you busy too, raking the leaves out so you can find their way.
2: <laughs> yes, it does. And like I said, I, the trees are on the end of my kennel, so in the middle of it, it's kind of open. But um, but yeah, you're right. So <clears throat> so, Katie, what is it about the dogs that drives you? Besides Jason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, I think it's an addiction <laughs> and wanting to get the next, you know, prospect and go to the next show. It's always something to look forward to. Like now that autumn Oaks is over, I didn't enter anything in the world. Show, but now that autumn Oaks is over, it's like the next thing is going to be grand American. We're gonna have to get everything ready for that so it's just always something to look forward to and raising we don't raise very many litters because we don't like placing puppies like i want to keep them all Um, Mm -hmm.
2: you sound like my house
0: yeah (laughs) that's why i've got 14
2: dogs, katie nobody wants to get rid of anything
0: same (laughs) um so that that's an exciting part too like i've Probably the next litter we will have is a litter off of Perry. Um, and, of course, we're going to have to expand the kennel because I want to keep them all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the same thing I'm in the process of right now. My my little female, um, I've got my little female bred, and, like, I, I, don't, I don't have any extra kennel. So when she has pups, I'm going to have to to expand somehow some way figure something out which i've already got it planned out i just got to do it and I, it's hard mm-hmm. i mean it's hard to do anything when bear season like i know <laughs> like ever, it's,
0: it's crazy
2: yeah every day that i'm not at work i'm in the woods and like today um i can i tell you guys well i'll just kind of tell you my day how it went so this morning went up to an area that i you know that i hunt a lot and I don't know how if you guys do a lot of rigging, but this time of year, rigging where I'm at is is pretty productive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this morning it was slow, so I had made a trip a pretty good trip around the mountain. I mean pretty good trip, and I had went all the way through and I turned around and um my two buddies were back on the other side of the other mountain, so I was like, well, I'm just gonna drive back around to them well I got about halfway to them and the dog struck and well I just come through there like 30-40 minutes ago so anyway long story short put the dogs down and it took them about two minutes my young dogs kind of running the road a little bit more than I liked I wasn't real happy with that my youngest female of course I'm hunting I've got a year two year and a half olds two two and a half year olds and then I was hunting my four-year-old so that's what I was hunting today and um my four year old disappeared, and the other the, the year and a half old kind of run back and forth in the road. she'd go up on the bank and she'd come back and my two two and a half year olds they they disappeared for a little bit, one of them showed back up and then went back in the woods well about two minutes into this, and the reason I know it was two minutes because I had it on my goPro uh-huh. and um he opens like two hundred yards back up the ridge, so the bear had never crossed the road he had it you know they had rigged it from from up there. And right. I don't think I don't think I went back and watched the video. I don't know that my young dogs they smelt it, but I don't think they knew the direction. And I think that's what throwed them mm-hmm. off. He did, because he had turned himself and man, this is the wonderful thing about hunting a hound. Like when he rigged, he turned his body to the direction he wanted to go. And I'm if you guys rig, you've seen that. Um so anyway. He, he took off. He opened about 200 yards. Well, they, you know, they went to him, but he was done checking out of there, and he went all the way up to the top of that ridge, which was a good haul, and cut back across the road. Well, I drive up the road to try to cut him off or to, to get up there to cut, to cut them off, and they were all going the opposite way. And I'm like, what in the, what in the world is yeah. going on here? Well, my one little female, my two-and-a-half-year-old female, she come through with him. But she was way behind. He was like literally seven, eight hundred yards by the time she crossed the road. Well, and here's where patience come in because normally, I would assume the dogs went backwards and I'd have start toning them. Well, I mm-hmm. didn't for whatever reason this morning. I had patience. The Lord was with me, <laughs> and so I just sat there. Well, they all crossed the road and started heading heading in the same direction. And I'm like, okay, well they're a half a mile behind by now so i holler at my buddies they come around the mountain and they're going out the side of the north and it's steep and rough and rocky and ledgy and um spook gets way out the mountain and he turns and almost comes straight so i book it down down in between the mountains on the road and literally when i get to to where he's going to cross the bear runs out in front of me small bear so Mm -hmm. i literally jump out of the truck and catch him and my thought thought process was, when the other four come through here, I'm going to catch the two older dogs, the two and a half year olds, and I'm going to let the one and a half year olds run it. I'm just going to mm-hmm. I'm just going to let them, you know, training session. That's what I'm going to do. Well, they get into where he cut and comes down the mountain, and they keep going, and I'm like, all right, this is a circus. So I drive back up on the mountain, and. About the time I get back up to where he crossed the road, they start to drop off the mountain. So I turn and I go back down the mountain. But they're a mile from where he come off. Like, they're a long ways. And um, Mm -hmm. long story short, they come off the mountain, um, a couple contour lines and fell treed. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, all right. So I pull back up to the top of the mountain and I walk up. And I walk out the mountain, it was 2.3 miles from my truck to the, to the dogs. So, you know, it's hard on a fat boy. I can tell you that. Lord. (laughs) So I go out the mountain, drop off the mountain and sure enough, they got a bear. And now I'm thinking it was the sow and the cub. I feel like that um, spook brought the cub out and they went on with the sow. So I went back in my garment and started looking at the track because they run almost the same track that he did but right where he cut down the mountain they actually had went up a contour line and went around so anyway that that was my day um my knees killed me from walking on off the more north of the mountain it's so steep and rocky and rough yeah. and uh it's awful and i don't even That's know where we were going car, with that though. yeah i'm you know i'm tickled my the young dogs are i mean they're doing okay um they all got holes in them that i could pick apart and i my buddy told me this evening he goes man you're just too rough on dogs well, not like rough <laughs> physically but like picking them apart
0: particular yeah
2: yeah and you know i know what i like i know what i, I want and you know i i, I have a hard like I, i've had i've had a couple really nice dogs through my career and when they set the standard so high it's like
0: <sighs>
2: you know yeah
0: the, and you always are going to measure everything to those dogs
2: yes and it's torture it's absolutely torture it is, yeah so but yeah that was my day i don't even know where we were going with that but that that was the the day that i had and i'm i'm happy i got me i got my steps in it was right at it was actually right at five miles that i walked today so i got my
0: and it's been a lot cooler this week that's been a blessing
2: yeah, and yes, and it's supposed to be like this weekend. I don't know if y'all are going to hunt this weekend, but it's supposed to be nice Friday, Saturday. So
1: yeah, yeah, we we planning on hunting. Yeah. Uh, usually, uh, towards the end of the bear season, I'd be heading off to Wisconsin for about two weeks. But the last couple of years, I haven't been able to go.
2: Now, do you run up there, Jason? Where the, the wolves are, or are you out of that area?
1: it's kind of borderline to where the wolves are it's up there next to uh, superior mm-hmm. wisconsin it's in the northwestern corner kind of where it joins minnesota mm-hmm. i hunt with uh mike and cole edwards and dan and jonah place up that way
2: yeah and you mentioned him before mm-hmm.
1: yeah they it's, uh, they got a lot of bear a
2: really nice place to hunt nice gosh them wolves would scare to me to death
1: yeah uh on one side of the road, the last time I was up there, they had an issue with a wolf, and uh, I think he took out a couple of dogs. But luck, luckily for our sake, he stayed on that side of the road. But they are up there. And also been to uh, Baraga, Michigan, hunted with uh, Rick Grunch and uh, Brian Smith and his dad, Louie, up that way too. Um, but that that's a nice place to hunt as well, but they don't seem to have the bear population like Wisconsin has got.
2: Yeah, well, so talking about bear population, i got to ask you, how is it up in your area? Because I know that, um, did the mange get to you guys, or have y'all seen an increase, decrease, what are y'all seeing?
1: For the last couple of years, really two to three years, it's been kind of devastating. I mean, it's it kind of took the wind out of your sail, so to speak. You put all this time in a young dog, and then you can't find the bear to put it on. Mm-hmm luckily this year like i've told several people it's not as good as it has been but it's it's, it's better than it has
2: been. it's 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 looking up is what you're saying
1: yeah yeah it's not as good as it used to be but it's better than it has been the last couple of years Hmm. so i think i think it's looking better
2: yeah we we have been blessed um the i mean i'm sure you know we see a case of mange here and there and over the you know the the past've I've seen it once or twice. We haven't been inundated with it yet like up in the Shenandoah um, and from what I'm hearing from the biologist and some of those guys that it's kind of stuck at the James River which is Botatot and Bedford area or Botatot and I hope it stays on that side and don't come on come on down to us. but our population um, our population is it has dwindled some we you know i i told a guy this yesterday that and you and i just talked about it 20 years ago you know catching catching five bear in a year was a good year and yeah. you know now you know we're way past that it's 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 really good it's like you said it's good for the dogs you get a lot of exercise a lot of reps in um and it's still better than it's ever been but at the same time i'm seeing a decline. Um, it used to be that you could go out pretty much every day. There was, a, there was a five-year period where you could go out about every day and catch a bear. Um, and we're not hitting that now. It's every other or every two days. So well, what I
1: started doing back when I started hunting, I kept a log of how many bear that I would tree in training season. And up until... I would say five years ago, four to five years ago, I was averaging 45 to 50 treat bear every training season. Wow. Now that, that's a month and a half, and I would hunt about every day. Now, the last three years, probably averaging five to six bear. That's that's how much it had went down with the mean.
2: Wait, wait, wait. So you went from 45 to 50 bear in a season to five bear?
1: Yes, sir. The last two to three years, not counting this year because I haven't totaled that up yet, but I know it's better this year than it has been the last few years, but I went from 45 to 50 bar in training season to 5 bar the last two years.
2: And now, is that across the board for all the guys hunting? or
1: I, I I really can't speak for them because I don't know if they kept logs or whatever on what they done, but I've just always liked, I'm a numbers type person mm-hmm. just like to keep up with stuff and you can judge a lot by that, and that's what I was going by.
2: Yeah, I'm like you. I I'm, I jot stuff down. Um, yeah. I, I keep records, up. and not not for the bear count. I keep it for the dogs' progression. Like, yeah, what are my young dogs doing? You know, what what where are my dogs at? Um, so I I log I log even if I mean if I just get outrun, I put it. If I get if I have a, a train wreck, a cluster, I put it, I mean, I do everything, but I'm with you. I, I keep, I like to keep a log so I know.
1: Yeah. So I spend some of the time in December hunting uh, the Wildlife Game Commission land up, up in Rapidan.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And then I hunt some private land, and then I go over to George Washington National Forest over between uh, Edinburgh and Luray.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And last year over there, I'd say altogether I hunted probably it was in between seven and ten days, and I never hit one bear track. Wow! And i I have never been on that mountain and not hit a bear.
2: Well, I don't
1: know what I don't know what it'll be like this year. Hopefully,
2: but... hopefully the population comes back a little bit. Um, now, I know that you guys don't have a three day season now did you have it last year
1: yes we did
2: yeah um and i know that one of the big topics in our area is the 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 mature sow kill is like out uh, through the roof not not just a sow but those three and four year old sows that are that are that are actually having cubs like that that kill ratio harvest ratio is through the roof um and you know us as us as hunters, we've got to do better managing that because you 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 can't bear the fruit that's that's feeding you, right?
1: Right. Exactly. Yep. So it's like when you take a sow out, you're taking actually three to four bear out really.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you look at over a ten year period, yeah. if, you, if you do the ten year. The, if you just do the 5 year if you do a 5 year plan and she has two cubs a year i mean that's 10 bear and then by the fourth year her cubs are having cubs so you can add another five bear on that so that's 15 bear in a 5 year period exactly yeah yep. so i mean i don't you know i don't know if people look at it like that but that's for sure and i, I mean i hate that for you guys cuz I, I don't i never want to go back to those days Because at my age, I don't know that I could hunt as hard as I did back then. I mean, I stayed in the woods and I walked a many, many mile through the seasons and never heard a bark. Um,
1: Yep. I I know the feeling for the past few years, it's been pretty rough. You kind of question yourself, why am I still in this? But I guess you just love it so much, you you just got to do it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well... Before we wrap this up, is there anything that you guys want to add, take away, get your input?
1: Well, uh, asking us on to do this, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I would like for to add that everybody to join the uh, American Plot Association and support them and what they do. They're it's a great organization run by some really good people. Um, support your local coon club, just get involved in in the hound dog industry in any way that you possibly can because we're up against it every day. And people look at numbers, the lawmakers and everything else, they look at numbers. And when you got numbers on your sheets as your members or whatever, they're going to look at that. And if we can get people to join up and get involved, I think the future can be bright. But if not, I really don't know. It's, it's kind of up in the air. If everything's going on. But.
2: Well, I posted a thing yesterday, and I stole it from a guy in California that uh, Fred Bear had put on, and it said, "Let me let me pull it up. Let me let me pull it up before I misspeak and say something that is not. But this is the this is the quote that Fred Bear had put. If you're not working to protect protect hunting, you are working to destroy it. Yep. And you're right, you know, with the times changing, the population in Virginia alone is, I mean, you look back in the 1940s and we were, you know, two and a half million people in 2023. Um, we're over triple that. We're at o- over eight, eight and a half million people. Um, you know, our lands are our, our lands are slipping away. The national forest is still here, but it's really you can't hunt the private land like you used to it's pushing everybody to the national forest and there's only so much national forest land that you can hunt and then it gets overcrowded and you know over pursued and everything else but um
1: that's that's the thing too with private land it seems like where we're located at northern virginia like the northern virginia counties uh they have a real high density of population and a lot of those when they retire they move down to our way and the land that comes up for sale, none of us locals can afford to buy it. They're the ones that can, but when they move down here, they want to change our way of life to their way of life that they had in the city park. Like if they own one, one acre of land, they think they own a hundred. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, just, it's just just kind of sad the way that all works out. But, and yeah. another thing I would add is for hunters, I don't post much of my hunts, maybe some dogs or something, but I would really watch... Mm-hmm. What I social media. Yep, because it can be used as a tool against assault.
2: Yeah, yeah we we don't post our group really don't post a whole lot of anything um, until after season sometimes and I I do a few reels uh, for the social media yeah. but some of those reels are last year some of them maybe this year like I I mix and match in that way because. You know it is what it is but i'm very uh clean on what i put on there exactly so
1: like i i I enjoy this sport and i love it a lot and i want to see it around for the younger generation so that's that's only reason why i'm adding this stuff in there is like to
2: see it preserved yeah katie what say you
0: yeah i'm kind of the same way i just want to promote the hounds um and the hunting in a positive light and anything we can do to get others involved we were lucky enough to meet the shiflet family and hunters don't cost the bugs for the bear hunting so anytime we can get kids involved is a good thing
2: yeah that's like i said that's our that's our future i mean we've got to get these people involved the kids involved and you know have them understand you know why we do what we do and like i said my my daughter maddie she loves it probably just as much she loves the dogs and and katie i see that being you um you know (laughs) she loves the dogs she loves being out with them she could care less about the animal um she loves to take pictures and show her friends but that girl's been under i don't know how many trees since she was five years old she's 14 and i could i countless trees and not once has she ever asked to harvest one. She don't want to do it. She don't care. She just wants to be there with the dogs.
0: Right. That's that's me. I actually, I cried the first time I was supposed to shoot one. And I did end up going through <laughs> with it. But I'd rather somebody else take care of that. Yes. <laughs> I've yeah.
1: never seen a bear to die than she shot. Uh. <laughs> it, it set up there probably 30 to 45 minutes. And I had to calm her down and she was crying i said it's okay Kate. it's part of life
0: i mean somebody ate it but still it it was used
2: but yeah and, and you know that's something else we preach to our kids like especially in my family um if you're not gonna if you're not gonna reap the harvest then we don't we don't take it if you're not gonna put exactly. it on the table or you're not gonna use it then that's a waste of that animal's life we don't do it
0: Yeah save
2: it to run again yep yep <clears throat> well guys i i really appreciate you taking your time and, and coming on and talking about those things um i really enjoyed meeting y'all and helping you guys out <clears throat> and i look for that friendship to continue so if there's anything my way that i can help you with you guys got my number um text me call me whatever fine
1: good
0: All right. We appreciate it. Thank
2: you. All right, guys. Until the next time, thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn.